This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody, and especially you, John. Yeah. You've been out of town. You're in Minnesota. I was in Minnesota. What, I mean, it was terrible. What, the weather. Yeah, the weather was the weather, the weather was terrible. I was going to say, what what caused you to go to Minnesota? I know you pick on a lot of other states. So <laughs> I want to pick on, on you for a second here and say, why would anyone on God's green earth, that makes sense, go to Minnesota? Well, I, we went for a wedding. It was my nephew's wedding. Um, and it was a good time. We, we had a great time with family. Uh, some good friends, Mike and, Mike and Julie Stella, who have been out here a couple summers, spent some time out here. They, so some people at Grace might know them. Um, but we, they hosted us, and we stayed at their house, and it was a great time with them as well. But, um, the, but the weather was terrible. It, was, it reminded me of why I live in Colorado. But then I came back to Colorado, and it's been terrible here. Yeah, it's been a little – we had, a, what, three to five – three inches of snow or something? I don't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's the end of May. It's almost June, and I we're know. getting snow. It's still technically spring, John. It's still technically spring. But, yeah, you know, I was listening to something. They are talking about how it hasn't – we haven't had this much snow accumulation on uh, this late in the year. I mean, yeah. We've had snow in May before, but not, yeah. I think it was like three inches or something. We have broken trees, uh, so kind of fun stuff. I, I uh, escaped you broken escaped. trees. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get any this year. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we're glad to have you back, John. We missed you. But while you were gone, we had a guest speaker, we uh, did. Scott Winnig. Yes. And uh, he, he was kind of, uh, he kind of went along with the, the, um, the sermon series a little bit. Uh, faith and doubt, mm-hmm. but really he focused a lot on prayer. Yeah, and I guess there's a lot of faith and doubt when it comes to prayer for sure. Um, and he mentioned uh, that there are kind of some some prayer speed bumps that kind of get in the way and throw our prayers offline. Yeah, and three that he mentioned were uh, when when we're in good times, we kind of uh, stop praying. When we fall into sin or sin patterns, we stop praying, and then when we get discouraged, I think that was my big one, was discouragement, um, then we stop to pray. And it appears that God is appealing uh, to, or it appeals that, in my mind, appealing to God's character in these times helps to keep us close or on, on course. Would you agree with that? Or, or what do you think of the, the just those speed bumps in general? Yeah, no, I think that's true. And, and just, you know, so everybody knows, like, I listen to these sermons. As a matter of fact, I've listened to Scott's sermon like three times, actually. Um, and... And I thought he's he's great. I love I love Scott. He's uh, like I said in in the intro on Sunday. He's a, he's a friend and um and a gifted communicator. But um yeah, I, I agree with that. I think those are the three times. I think for me the biggest one that he mentioned um is is when times go are going well. I I that's that's when I that's when, when I, it hits you. Huh? That's when it hits me. Is, yeah. is oh th- everything's good, you know? And and you kind of um you know oh, I don't need I don't need to I don't I don't think I actually think this, but. But you kind of you kind of just start drifting, and it's like I almost don't need God at this moment. But the reality is we do, and 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 I know that. But um, but that's when I'm more likely uh, to to drift myself. Um, from both, but I think that's true. I think that's true. Discouragement, I think, is a good one. You know, I've I've been praying too long, um, and God doesn't seem to care, or answer, or whatever, whatever. However, we formulate that in our mind, and uh, yeah, that can be those. I think those are the big three. I, I couldn't think of another one that that was more significant for sure. Well, you know, you kind of brought it just quickly. You talked about when God says no or not yet. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes the answer is no, or sometimes yeah. it's not yet, or or yes, but this is kind of how it's going to be a little it's bit gonna be different, different yeah. than what you thought. Um, how do we handle that when God says, you know, not right now, or it's going to be a while, or it's going to look different? What do you think? Yeah, well, I think this is some people ha- really struggle with God um, when it comes to this kind of thing because we all think that we know how things should go, 
right? But I do know how things should go. (laughs) Yeah. Should I ask Kelsey about that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It goes goes how she wants it to go, John. Right. Yes. But you're right about how it should go, of course, Mm. right? Yeah. Well, it's how she wants it to go. Is she going to listen to this? (laughs) She will. She's in charge. She's in charge. Yeah. (laughs) But it is true. We have different ideas about how things should go and different ideas than God a lot of times and how we think things should go. And I think it's really important to recognize not only do we have those tendencies to think that we know how things are supposed to go, but we also don't really give room for the reality that we are not omniscient. We don't know everything. We cannot possibly in our wildest dreams, really understand everything that's going on in the world and everything throughout redemptive history and how how an answer to this prayer might affect this person over there or that person over there or me, myself in the future, or we, we don't, we can't possibly understand those things because we are not sovereign. We are not omniscient and, and, and we don't, we don't know those things. And so I think, I think what we really need to do, uh, and it's really difficult because, and this plays out in politics all the time, right? You, you, you never get politicians that go, well, I'm not sure I really understand this fully. Um, so I'm not sure I can give the right answer. No, they always have the right answer. <laughs> they make up the answer. They yeah. make up the answer, even if they don't know. They're experts on everything. It, it's it's amazing, you know? And, and But they're not experts on everything. They can't possibly be. Um and, 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 you know, even uh, like even socially speaking, you look at everyone on social media who, yeah. who claim to be the experts on everything. And, right. we, and we don't even know uh, everything that goes behind, you know, behind the scenes, all, all the, you know, if we do this, then we don't see the implications or, or the ramifications of that decision, yeah. how it's going to affect everything else. Yeah. So Sp- speaking of non-experts, Bill Nye is not the authority in science. Okay. He's an eighth grade science teacher. That's Bill Nye. He's the science guy. And, but everybody thinks, I know, but yeah. every, and everybody thinks that if it's anywhere in the realm of science, that Bill Nye must know everything. And, and honestly, he doesn't. And and I think that's the kind of thing though, right? And I, I just bring that up because I saw that on social media. He was yep. quoted about something related to abortion and and and, and an area that I've done a, a fair amount of research in. And he was wrong. And he was dead wrong. And I just thought, oh no. And he might be right in some areas, but not in sure, every area. But he's an eighth yeah. grade science teacher. Let's just be honest about about what he is. He, um, and, and it's great. He should have kept the kids show. He was awesome at that. He just stuck with it. But anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know what it is? Fun, kind of funny that you, you've tangent, you put us on a rabbit trail, which is fine. Sorry, it's your fault. But what I like I'm about that is, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that the people that uh, we're in, uh, watching the show. Yeah, are now adults, so of course now right. they assume. So that's he's, his yeah. Well, they, they assume he is still the expert. Yeah, but maybe he's not. Yeah, and so. I'm not a scientist. I admit that, but I, I'm not, so I don't claim expertise in. Yeah, in anyways. But anyways, but you could. But you, I know what some other experts say about stuff. Exactly. And so um, there goes the rabbit. He's, so, he's yeah. in his hole. We'll leave yeah, him let's alone. Leave him All alone. right. Okay. Back to. But but the point the point is, you know, the point is this: that God is the expert. He does know. Mm-hmm. Right. And that and we don't. And so we, we need to stop thinking we're the experts on how to fix all that's wrong in the world. We can't. We're, it's impossible. And neither can our politicians and neither. You know, nobody can. No person, no human person can do that. And so I think that's really important when we understand that, then prayer begins to make sense. And God's answers begin to make sense. Even if we don't understand the details of those answers, we understand why God might say no or not yet, or, or I'm going to do this differently than you want me to, because he knows something, even if I don't know what that something is that I don't, you know, I've always kind of struggled with that. Obviously, you know, I think, well, let me, let me drive this car. I'll do it. You know, my, the car of my life, you know, and I want to make, you know, if I was in charge, this is what I would do. And I've always had a hard time just letting God do it his way. 
And but I just thought of something while you were talking. Um, not that I wasn't listening. So, to you. so you weren't listening to anything I said. You have no not, idea, no idea. <laughs> not that I wasn't listening to you, John. <laughs> but the, what I what I did find out, what I was thinking is, you know, I fancy myself a juggler. You know, I could juggle two balls, maybe three, <laughs> for you know, for a few seconds. You know, okay. But you start adding four and five. Right. You know, then I'm done. Uh-huh. You know, you start. I I still don't know how or people juggling do. with a partner or yeah, yeah I can't things that are on fire. I or can sharp. maybe do three. I can't maybe. even. Would you ever try to juggle knives? No. Yeah, that's never. Yeah, wait. That's way too too much of a safety issue. I think issue. sometimes the, the reality is I think sometimes we think we can juggle all yeah. these variables that are right. seen and unseen. Yeah. And oh, I can handle it. It's not a big deal. But God is juggling infinite things at once, and He's capable of. And it. He's capable of. And and things that we can see and things that we can't see. Yeah. Or things that are still to come, and He could still He could see that stuff coming. So He's you know let me do it. Because I'm a little bit better at this than you are. And it's like, you know what, God, sure. I, I can only juggle three sometimes uh, for a few seconds. And then, so just let him juggle it. You yeah. Because he's much better at it. So anyways, yeah. that's kind of popped in my head. So yeah. No, I, th- no, I think that's a great illustration. And, and it really does, I think, help us un- just understand. God knows these things. We don't. And that's what that's what living by faith is, right? We, we trust God. To because he's sovereign, because he's omniscient, because he's all powerful, because he's he's got all these things, and and we don't, and so we trust, we live on faith that God will accomplish uh, his purposes in our lives, even even when we don't see how that all works together. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to be praying, obviously. Yes, let's pray. That's let's, good. Let's not not get, right now. Let's, not right now. Yeah. Uh, and if you're driving, please not right now. Or you well, can do it. You eyes can pray. Open. Eyes open. Hands on the wheel. <laughs> hands on the wheel. Not no Jesus. Take the wheel. Yeah. Just yeah, hands yeah, on no, the wheel. No hands in the air. We're not, you know, I know the worship music's on, but keep your hands yeah, on the wheel. Yeah, that's all right. We're Maybe not, we're one not, hand. Maybe one hand. One hand. Okay. Okay. But, but, but we're supposed to be praying. Um, how do we even have the ability to pray? I mean, you look at the Old Testament, um, and the, you had to go through a set of rituals, and even still, the common person really didn't have much access to yeah. God, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you had to go through a high priest, and they had to do all that kind of stuff, and it was pretty intense. There was a veil that separated all that kind of stuff. Yeah. How are we even able to access? How, why does God even listen to us? Why does he care? <laughs> you know? Well, to be, to be clear, he doesn't really listen to us. He hears us. Okay. He understands us. He, he, he listens with empathy, but he doesn't listen with obedience. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> and I yeah. think that's, that is important to understand that distinction though. Cause I think that's what happens. People pray and then God doesn't listen with obedience and they go, well, God's not, answering he's not taking, prayer. taking notes. He's and, not taking, taking me seriously. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, that's a great question, you know, and obviously Jesus died, right? The, 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 the veil that separated, you know, the, the, the holy place from everybody else tore from top to bottom, you know, making that available. And there's a sense in that. And of course we Symbolically, have, right? So yeah, it, yeah, that's right. And then we have, um, you know, in Acts two, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit, and 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 then John, Jesus fifteen, John fifteen, Jesus kind of promising this, the, that the Holy Spirit would come, and now Jesus stands between us and God. Hebrews talks about him being the mediator between us and God. Well, we didn't have those things in the Old Testament, so there was there were the presence of God was. You know, in the Ark of the Covenant, it was in the temple. It was it was those kinds of places, right? And so, so God's 
presence was representative. That doesn't mean that God wasn't omnipresent. It just means that he was present in a different way than he is now. And so there were rituals and things, and there were prophets that that functioned as a uh, liaison, if you will, between God or mediator between God and and everybody else. But Jesus kind of fulfills that role as priest and 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 the, and mediator between God and us now. And so so it was different. In the Old Testament, um, and that functioned differently. Uh, I, I don't think that means that people couldn't pray. It just it just means that there was not a the the mediator was was it took a different form, if you will. Um, so we so we now have that mediator, but Jesus Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. He's the mediator. And then in, in in Romans it talks about how the Spirit prays when we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. You know, the Spirit will pray on our behalf. Um, and so and so we have those things between us and God that help us to communicate with Him and Him to communicate with us. You know, through through the eternal divine Son or through the Holy Spirit and, and communicate to us. And so as far as a, a functional way, that's kind of how it works. But, you know, the intricacies, the details, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but but that's that's what scripture presents to us is that there's a mediator, Jesus and, and, and the Holy Spirit. They in different ways, they function, they function as mediators between us and God. And God speaks in the Old Testament and the New Testament directly to those he wants to speak directly to. And, and but that's not everybody, even in the New Testament. That's not everybody. As a matter of fact, you should. You should not expect that God will speak directly to you. And if you do, it's, it's, oh boy, it could be an oh boy. It's significant. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very significant. And you think about even Samuel, you know, when, um, in the old Testament, when, when God was calling Samuel, it was, you know, God called to him at night, at night and Samuel got up and he, and he thought it was, um, um, Eli, Eli. Right. And, and he's like, Hey, what do you want? And he's like, He's like, I didn't call you, and he goes back to bed. And thir- finally, after after the third time, he's like, Hey, look, next time, next time you hear that voice, it's God. Answer yeah. to Him, you know. And so it's it's unusual for us to for us to be spoken to directly. Samuel didn't recognize God's voice initially, and because it was unusual, it's out of the ordinary, and that's true, Old Testament and New Testament. Um, but that doesn't mean God isn't aware of our prayers and doesn't hear hear us and isn't concerned or you know won't answer. He he absolutely will. You said something that kind of blew my mind. It's uh, don't feel flattered <laughs> because my mind is very small <laughs> and it blows up pretty quickly. Um, but the but uh, it's fun to watch it. It's fun it's to watch it yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, you said something that God's not really listening in, in a sense, and I get what you're saying. You're, you're it's more of a a semantic, but. God is 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 more just like wants to hear our heart. Doesn't he yeah. need, doesn't need to hear the the detailed list when we pray. He just wants to hear our heart, and then he may respond to that, and however he feels it's necessary. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a, that's important when we pray. God wants to hear us. He wants to hear our hearts. He wants to hear what what we desire, right? And you know, Jesus even said, "Whatever you ask in my name, um, you know, you know that that prayer will be answered." Mm-hmm. But when you ask something in his name, you're asked that that really has this this connotation of asking something according to God's will, according to his will. Right. And so we often ask things that are not according to his will. And that's why when we pray, it should always be according to your will, God. Yeah. Not you even know? just the, the the cliche in Jesus name. Yeah. It's really in everything I said. If it's not in your name, just ignore it. If it's something that is in your name, then yeah, we want you to. We ought to make a concerted effort when we pray to pray according to God's will. Because that's exactly when we say in Jesus' name, I pray or whatever, um, however we end it. But when we say that phrase in Jesus' name, there's a reason we say that because Jesus said we should ask things in his name. But but we're saying 
God, I'm asking this according to your will. That's what we're saying when we say that. And it's an important phrase. And if we're if we're not asking something according to God's will, then he shouldn't he should say no or 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 not answer however you want to view that. Um, because his will is much more important and significant than our will. Well, I think even just kind of jumping on that also, it's whenever I pray, I'm very aware that I, it's a it's a heart uh, transformation. It's a softening of my heart. It's a realigning of my my mindset, my my viewpoints. You know, I, I as I'm praying, I'm different at the end because yeah. I went into the prayer maybe a little selfish, but aware that I needed to change that. I love I love looking at the Psalms, and uh, David's that example for me when he starts out in his Psalms. He starts out as he's just out of control. He's angry. He's fearful. He's frustrated. He's he's you know. The, why are the wicked prevailing? And then right. uh, towards the end, you see a, a switch. You see yeah. the will of God, really the name, not Jesus, but in that sense, but the will of God really take over in his heart. And he starts to re, to reassess and he goes, you know what? But, right. you know, you are still on the throne. You are still in control. You are, you know, and I just love to see that's really what prayer should be. It's, Absolutely. It's that it's, it's the realigning our, our minds and our hearts spiritually 100%. into the will of God. Um, kind of continuing, he, he really, um, uh, Scott, uh, mentioned the, the story of the widow Yeah, and, um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the story of the widow. Yeah. Um, but why is it important? Do you think that, that she identified the judge as her only hope? Is that significant at all? And should we do that with, with God? Uh, yes and yes. Okay. All right, next question. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, it's my fault. I, I asked the yes or no question. I asked question. the yes or no question. Yeah. Well, it is true. We, we, uh, we need to recognize that God is our only hope, right? And it's, it kind of brings back that scene in Star Wars, Obi-Wan, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> but, but really, God is God you want, is. Do you want to only, make fun of me right now? Do I want to? Do you want I, to make fun of me right I now? I always want to make fun of so you. So when, you, when I heard the only hope, yeah. I thought of uh, A Walk to Remember with Mandy Moore, the, the Nicholas Sparks is, it, is this a chick flick? I think I remember well, the title. It's a total chick flick. <laughs> and she sings, you know. You make fun of yourself, She sings only hope. So I thought of, when I thought of that, I didn't even think Star Wars and man, manly stuff and fighting. <laughs> she's thinking Hallmark Channel or something. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking Mandy Moore and uh, Walk to Remember, uh, Nicholas Sparks. Wow. Oh my goodness. I just threw myself under the bus there. Yeah, you did. I don't, you don't need my help. But what a great place to be. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Sorry. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think we do, we need to recognize God is our only hope. And, and there, there, you know, I think Scott was right when he talked about this, this parable, right. And the, and the widow and go to the judge and, 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 and really she becomes a nuisance to this guy, um, in order to get what she needs. And he is not interested and he's not interested in what is just and what is good and what is right. But because she is so persistent and, and she becomes this nuisance to him, he kind of relents and says, go take care of it. And, you know, handles it. But, and, and Scott was right in saying, you know, this is not this is not how God is. God isn't like that judge, um, but there but there is a sense in, in in a lot of ways. But but it is a sense that that widow recognized that that judge was her only hope. We too need to recognize that God is our only hope. That Jesus Christ is our only hope. There is no hope um, either in the here and now or in eternity future for for justice for what is good. Um, for what is holy, for what is moral. There's no hope for any of that without God or without Jesus Christ. And, and we do need to recognize that. Well, also, I think, too, going back to the, even the juggling analogy, if you realize that from the from the get-go that God is the only one who could juggle 
these these currently that I can see ten balls in my life. Right. The sooner I realize that, the better. If yeah. I try to try to keep picking them up and, you know, I could do this, I could do this, you know, or if I do it this way, this will work. Or, um, if I, you know, you know, we try to problem solve and we try to figure out on our own. But the reality is the sooner we could say, you know what, I can only, I can maybe juggle three. And this is definitely a 10 plus ball situation. Right. Just God, just do it. You know? Right. Um, I think it saves us all a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of headaches. Um, does this story, cause you know, this widow is pretty aggressive with this judge and she's, her tactics are pretty, uh, (laughs) <laughs> They're annoying, you know. Um, just She's outside picketing, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> posting stuff on her on her, on her social media. Yeah. And uh, does this kind of show that that God is uh, that can we can manipulate God or bully Him into getting what we want? Because I've seen people pray those prayers, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, and, that, and that's really problematic when we start to think that that's the case. And that's often what happens. We we pray for something, and this happens to a lot of people who leave the church or they leave. Uh, you know, religion altogether, they begin to say God doesn't exist or whatever. They they kind of have this reaction, right? Well, I prayed for this. I prayed, I prayed for healing for my uh, sister who's struggling with cancer, or for you know myself, or my wife, or my kids, or my or or whatever, or, or this thing in my life, this sin in my life, and God wouldn't take it away or, or didn't. So He's either you know a maniacal maniac, or He uh, is you know incompetent or or impotent or whatever, whatever the case might be, we, we begin to cast these characterizations upon God. Um, and, and so, and so I think a lot of people will react that way. And part of the reason is because they go, well, I went to God and I went to God over and over again and, and he didn't do what I wanted. Well, right. Because it's, because what you want is not always best. It's not always what's best. And you go, well, yeah, but who would want, you know, uh, my sister to struggle with cancer. Well, okay. I understand your sister struggling with cancer, but you still don't know so many things. There's so many factors in that and, and why God might allow your sister to, to, uh, struggle with cancer and maybe even die from it. And so, and I don't, I don't have a sister that's doing that or sure. anything, but, but the point is, the point is that God can use that for his good and for his glory, right? Maybe your sister already knows Jesus Christ and, and she she's going to spend eternity with God. She That's his way of healing her, but also accomplishing his purpose because she she gets ultimate uh, healing. Um, sometimes death is that for people, right? They have some kind of disease or some kind of whatever, and, and death is the ultimate healing because then they're with Jesus for eternity. Maybe she wasn't a believer, but but she made that choice, right? Yeah. She she decided to reject um, the cross, reject Jesus, right? So there's there's all kinds of factors that play into this. And then what about her witness in that process to, to, to a doctor, to a nurse, to a friend, to a relative, and how she handles that or how you handle that? Or, or maybe God's trying to get at something in you and, and it's a sin or something that you've been trying to overcome and God's wanting you to develop character in this area and, and just simply taking it away isn't going to develop that character or, or there's going to be a time later on, but because of that sin, you're going to be able to help somebody else deal with that sin. There's, there's so many factors and, and I can't list them all because I don't, I'm not aware of them all. Which is your point exactly. Which is my point. Yeah. Which is no, we can't, we, we can't, we can't view God as, as a, as a judge that can be bullied. Mm-hmm. into doing what we want. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be persistent in our prayers. Sometimes our prayers change over time too. Um, and that's important. You know, I was thinking when you brought that up, I mean, re, you know, in reality, 
obviously death to many of us is a scary thing or whatnot, or, or we love our, our lives. And and for the, the, the idea that a a, a really positive answer to a prayer is no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to heal. I actually want her to come home sooner. I mean, in reality, that's, is the best case scenario. However, honest, if we're going to be honest, we would say, oh, no, that's not. And even I would say right now, like, no, I don't want to go now. I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm not ready now. But I mean, the reality is if I were to go for some reason, then I would be so happy and you, be like, you'd be, why? You'd be, you'd be going home. Oh, and why did I wait? Why did I not want to come here? You know, right. why did I not want this to happen? And the reality is, but but if we're going to be honest, it is hard for us to say that, Um to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. I mean, we love, we Which love is our, what Paul said, just so mm-hmm. people know where yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. from. So what, what we love our lives. I mean, we love living and I, I think that's a good thing. I think God put that in us yeah. to love, um, living on this earth and, and glorifying him. But in the end, the hard truth is that no, it's probably, it is better to sometimes for us. Yeah, it is. I mean, always it's better. Well, if we know it's, Christ, it's always, it's always better that God's will is accomplished. Exactly. I think, I think we could say that and, and God's will sometimes, leads to leads to our physical death but you know Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15 that that's you know we take off the perishable and we put on the imperishable and that's what happens. Mm. That's great. Um John what do you think uh, this story kind of our last question uh, says about the character of God? Yeah, I think this is a really important question because because I think sometimes we we're tempted to look at this parable and I think Scott did a great job of of really handling this and, and saying this isn't this isn't trying to describe God in, as being this judge who doesn't really care. Um, as a matter of fact, it's kind of the opposite. And as a matter of fact, it even says that if you go back to the text and it even says that near, near the end of the story where it talks about, but you know, uh, but God is, God is, is just how much more will he, you know, accomplish what is good and what is right and what is just for us is kind of the implication. So, so this is a, a parable of contrast, if you will, this judge is not intended to represent God's character, but only in position as being the only option does the judge represent God. And the other, the, the characteristics of the judge are in contrast to how God really is. And, and that ma- that's, makes it clear in the verses as you kind of come to the end of that parable that no, 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 God's a just God. He's a holy God. And so when we see that, that it's a contrast to God, then we can begin to see the character of God by going, oh, okay, this judge isn't really just. Maybe doesn't care about the poor, the widow, the the needy, and isn't fair in his judgment. Maybe he's taking bribes under the table or whatever, whatever the case. You know, he's favoring the rich or favoring those who can do him favors or or whatever. Um, you know, he, he's the he's he's the uh, how, how did Scott put it? He called it on his license plate. He said, you know, he has Godfather on his license plate. Oh, or the something. Godfather, you know, yeah. the Godfather. He's the Godfather, I was right? Like, I don't know the answer to this question, John. Oh, were you even there I was, Sunday? I was listening. Yes. Okay. Yes. In fairness, I listened like three times. Yeah. So, anyways, but uh, but you know, so so that's that's who this judge is. But that's not that's not the that's not God. God's God's a loving God, a kind God, a faithful God. He is a just God. And a merciful God, He has both of those things, and in in all their fullness, He's He's a holy God and a gracious God, in all in all its fullness, and so that's what we find in God. And so when we go to God in prayer, and seek things and pray for things, we ought to be persistent, but not in a manipulative way, not in a bully way, not. But and, and we ought to always be asking the question: Am I praying God's will? 
And, and, and if we continue to feel like we're praying God's will, then we're, we're saying, okay, I'm just going to keep praying. Maybe it's a timing thing. God's going to answer someday or maybe, or whatever the case might be, but we continually seek that. And our prayers over time will change, you know, as we see, oh, maybe that wasn't God's will. Maybe this is God's will. And we begin to pray for that. Mm. And that's great. We, that's, that's, and that's our development in our heart and our character. Yeah. And, and that's what God wants in us. So I, I think, um, so I think we do see good things about God's character in this, but it's in contrast, not in similarity. You know, as we got, we're kind of, as we're kind of beginning to wrap up here, but um, I just want to throw out to anyone listening to this, you know, if you come to the church, obviously on a Sunday morning, if you have questions at the moment of that sermon, please send it, send it to us. If you're listening to this and something it stirs in you a question, um, I'm sure we're, we'd love to come back and, and answer some Revisit, of your questions from, yeah, from the week before. So uh, podcast at gfol.org. Just send it to us, and um, we'll definitely try to represent you well um, on this podcast. Uh, John, any uh, additional uh, resources you recommend? Yeah, I mean, there's tons of really great books on prayer out there. Philip Yancey's written a great book on prayer uh, that I think is 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 helpful, although it's a little intense. It's like it's not an easy read, um, but I but I think it's very very good. He, but Philip Yancey's a great writer in the sense that he likes to tell stories. So if you you, you like to read stories, Philip Yancey's a great guy to read. Um, and, and he's written a book on prayer that I think is is helpful. There's he's a really old book that I read like when I was in high school. Um, and, and hopefully, I don't even know if it's still available to be honest with you, but, but prayer factor by Sammy Tippett, um, I thought, I thought was very, very helpful for me in, in my prayer life. And so, so I think there's some good, good resources and on, on prayer. Gotcha. Um, what's the big idea for this week, John? Can, well, I know it wasn't your big idea, it but can you, my big idea, can you come up with a big idea yeah, and would I, Scott agree? That's a, that's a great question. That's actually one of the reasons that I kind of listened to it a few times because I, I, I wanted to I wanted to try to try to see what his big idea was. Find the big idea, and I learned to preach from him in a lot of ways. So so I know he has one, um, and and I think I, I think I can get kind of close. I hope, um, but you know I so so but I'm paraphrasing and and adjusting. I don't have it in front of me either. But but this is kind of what what I think the big idea is uh, that we should pray consistently and persistently because God is faithful, holy, and just. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.